Chapter Eight of Stories by Foreign Authors, Spanish Authors. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Stories by Foreign Authors, Spanish Authors. Chapter Eight. Bread Cast Upon the Waters by Fernand Caballero, translated by Mary J. Serrano. Part Two. Chapter Five. Not long afterward, John Joseph went with his mule for a load of pears to Ronda. He found that from there he could go without much difficulty to the Christian camp in Africa. Why then, he said to himself, I can sell my pears there as well as in Jerez or Malaga. There I will go then. In that way I shall see my boys and the fighting that is going on, which will be something worth seeing. And so he went. Catherine and Maria were far from suspecting anything of this when, six or eight days later, John Joseph returned home. After he had taken the mule to the stable and put away his things with much deliberation, he sat down and said to his wife and daughter, The boys send many remembrances, and hope that when you receive them, you will be enjoying as good health as they are enjoying at present. Why, what are you saying, John Joseph? I am saying that the boys have sent you many remembrances. Have you had a letter from them? No, I am the letter myself. You? Why, what do you mean by that? That I went to Morocco, and have come back again without losing my way, with my mule, or a hero, who showed little surprise when, on arriving in that strange country, we found ourselves in the midst of noise and confusion, moors everywhere, bands playing, guns firing. Holy Mary, and what did you go there for, rash man? to sell some pears that I got an excellent price for, to see the boys whom I found in good health and as gay as larks, and to kill three moors who will never again call any Spaniard Christian dog. So you see, wife, that I have not lost my journey. And you did that? God help us, cried the good woman, crossing herself. You killed three moors, did you say? You would not have been able to do that unless they had been unarmed, or had been taken prisoners or had surrendered. And you did that? Maria, what are you saying? responded her husband. Do you know that to kill an unarmed man would be contrary to the laws of honour and the work of an executioner? Don't you know that to kill a man who has surrendered would be a vile deed, and would be to make oneself a butcher of men? Don't you know that to kill a man who asks quarter would be the deed of a miscreant and a coward, and would disgrace the name of Christian, and dishonour the name of Spaniard? In honourable combat I killed them, Maria, when with arms in their hands they tried to kill me and my companions. I know well that the glory is not in killing, but in conquering the enemy, and I wouldn't want at the hour of my death to have to remember killing any man by treachery. I tell you, so help me God, that I killed them honourably, like a brave man, and may they all die thus, for they won't surrender, not even with the bayonet at their breasts. Mercy, cried Maria, and why not? Because their holy men have made them believe that the Spaniards are as ferocious as themselves, and that we burn alive the wounded and the prisoners we take. You thought that only young chaps were good for the war, and that I, with my sixty-five years, would be of no use in it. Well, you were mistaken, you see, you were mistaken, for I am of good quality, and although the steel is worn off, the iron remains. Do you understand? 
and I am a brave soldier, but not an assassin. Do you understand?' "'Forgive me, John Joseph, I didn't stop to think.' "'It is plain you didn't stop to think, and you didn't remember either that your husband is a Christian of the old stock, and a well-born Spaniard, and that he knows how to fight the enemies of his faith, of his country, and of his queen, but that he will never dishonour himself by killing a defenceless man, nor debase himself by putting to death a man who has surrendered, nor make a tiger of himself by refusing his life to a man who asks it, not even if he were Barabbas himself. Were ours winning, John Joseph? To be sure they were, winning all the time, past, present, and future. But I have heard them say that a great many more Moors are coming, with a brother of their king whom they call Muli Abbas. Let them come. That is just what we want. But don't imagine that those Moors that are with the king are like the Rif Moors, who are the most savage and the fiercest of all the Moors. But all of them together could do nothing against the division of Eshag, which has covered itself with glory in the war. Queen Isabel may well be proud of her soldiers. But as I was telling you when I arrived in Algeciras, I embarked with my mule and my pears, and you know that I have no fancy for travelling by sea, for the mule that falls on the road doesn't get up again. I landed at Ceuta, and from there I went with my mule and my pears to the camp, and when I saw the flag of Spain floating over the Serrayo, my heart swelled so that my breast could hardly contain it. I reached the camp and saw my pears like lightning, for there is no want of money there, nor the will to spend it. What a hubbub, Maria! It seemed like the gayest kind of affair. Nothing was to be heard but the twang of guitars, singing, and hurrahs for the queen. I need only tell you that the commander-in-chief has had to forbid so much singing and guitar-playing at night, because it served as a guide to the accursed moors. I was just inquiring for the king's regiment when the bugle sounded. Our soldiers seized their guns, crying, Long live Spain, and advanced to the attack. I left my mule there and followed them, and you may believe me that the sight was worth seeing, and one that would have set the blood coursing in a dead man's veins. Each of our soldiers was a Bernardo, every officer a Pizarro, every general a Cid. One might have thought that Santiago himself on his white horse was at the head of the army, so completely did they rout the Moors, who are all warriors, and who were three times as many as we. I could not tell you all I saw, not if I had a hundred tongues. I saw General Quesada seize a gun and lead the bayonet charge himself. Ah, brave son of a brave father, I said to myself, for I had served under his father, and he was another of the right kind. But why do I say another, when they are all of the right kind? I saw the bullets flying over the head of the commander-in-chief, as thick as comforts in carnival. I saw the regiment of Granada, with its valiant commander, Colonel Trio, at its head, make a bayonet charge, crying, Long live the Queen, that made the Moors fly in terror from the field. And I heard the commander-in-chief say to the colonel that the exploit deserved a decoration, to which the generous colonel replied, Nothing for me, general, the credit belongs to my battalion. I heard the commander-in-chief say to a group of soldiers of the Granada regiment, How goes it, boys? Have you received your baptism yet? Yes, General, answered the soldiers, and the Moors have paid dear for the christening. In short, Maria, if I was to tell you of all I saw there, I should keep on talking till the day of judgment. 
but the ones i never lost sight of maria were our two boys and you may imagine how well they must have fought when the commander-in-chief who was nearby observed them and going up to michael he said you have fought well now tell me what do you wish to keep on fighting general answered michael and on the instant the general gave him the cross of st ferdinand i cannot tell you how i felt but i thought i should go out of my wits with joy i could not contain myself and i was running to embrace him when i saw one of those crazy howlers stab one of our soldiers who fell down beside me so i said seizing the wounded man's gun you won't have a chance to kill another brave christian and with that i dispatched him and as i had joined the dance i dispatched two others and i made a bayonet charge with the boys that put wings to the feet of the moors for if they have a heavy hand for the fight they have a light foot for flight then night coming on i gave up the gun and went to look for my mule who had not found that dance of moors and christians to his liking and who i learned on inquiry had gone like a mule of peace to the shelter of the walls of Suta. that night a storm arose that i don't believe had its equal since the world began i thought the sea the wind and the rain together would bring the world to an end but the next morning we were all as if nothing had happened and if the devil had sent that and others like it at the instance of his friend mahoma to terrify his enemies they might both have been convinced that spaniards are not to be terrified either by the roaring of the elements or the howling of their ferocious moors well as i was saying next morning i got up and walked to the camp to have a chat with the boys for as i told you the moors had prevented me from doing so the day before when i arrived i found the king's regiment drawn up in line with its band and all what may this be for i said to myself the sentry on guard was as mute and as motionless as a statue so that it isn't because there are moors in sight and why is this regiment drawn up and not the others this was beginning to excite my curiosity i drew near the band was playing away when the colonel taking his place in front of the regiment commanded silence and said in a loud voice so that all might hear him the commander-in-chief has learned with great satisfaction that on the afternoon of the twenty-fourth of november a soldier of the king's regiment which i have the honour to command seeing his companion and friend wounded and in the hands of the moors and animated by the noblest sentiments fixed his bayonet and throwing himself heroically upon the moors and striking down those who attempted to stop him seized his wounded friend threw him over his shoulder more regardful of his friend's life than of his own snatching him from certain death carried him back to the ranks and desiring to recompense in view of the whole regiment the soldier who in so admirable a manner unites in himself the gallantry of the soldier and the piety of the christian transmits to him this gold medal which the cadiz athenaeum has provided and caused to be engraved with the object of making it an honourable reward for an act of surpassing merit and to give to him before his regiment drawn up in line so that it may serve as a stimulus to the brave and generous soldier referred to the old man's voice up to this time so animated here failed him and he was unable to proceed well said his wife deeply moved by the story she had been listening to why do you stop john joseph go on i can't get the words out there's a lump in my throat for the soldier whose name was called and who stepped from the ranks to receive the gold medal was was who why do you stop he was 
my son he was gaspar child of my heart and the virgin has kept him safe for me cried maria my darling brother and he saved michael's life murmured catherine and he killed three moors oh the good son honour of my grey hairs added john joseph with enthusiastic tenderness there was a moment's silence during which tears choked the utterance of these simple people and they could only clasp their hands and raise their eyes to heaven when he had somewhat recovered from his emotion john joseph continued his recital in these words when the ceremony was over i went in search of my boys i cannot describe maria what i felt when i saw them the one with his gold medal and the other with his cross of st ferdinand but what i can say is that the queen herself can't feel prouder with her crown and sceptre than i felt with my gaspar and my michael if gaspar was happy michael was happier still his eyes danced with joy the other seemed dazed good my son good i said to him that's the way spaniards behave when they are fighting for their country their queen and their faith remembering that the soldier who is brave and not humane is brave only as the brutes are you have deserved the medal son and your father's blessing with it why what did i do said gaspar who like all really brave men is neither proud nor boastful and holds himself for less not more than he is really worth you saved your brother's life i replied and by so heroic an act that it will be written in letters of gold added michael why nonsense answered gaspar putting his arm around his brother's neck i have done nothing but pay a debt i owed and spain has paid the debt she owed to the moors and with interest i said and i fancy they won't be likely to try their tricks again so you see wife all the advantages the war has brought us hurrah for the war john joseph returned his wife we mustn't forget because it has been favourable to us and that perhaps owing to that poor mother's dying blessing the many evils to which war gives rise the unhappy people who suffer those who are left disabled those who die and all the families who are at this moment weeping and in mourning for war is a calamity and therefore we ought to pray to god with all our hearts and souls for peace for the song of the angels is glory to god in the highest and peace on earth to men of good will chapter six two months later that is to say toward the middle of january john joseph and his wife and his daughter were seated one evening around the brazier the sky had been covered for several days with heavy clouds that sent down their rain with a steadiness not usual in storms the wind that came from the levant roared as if it brought with them to terrify spain the menacing howls of the savage children of africa and the growling of its lions who knows what they may be going through now said catherine in a voice choked with emotion ah merciful god answered her mother with swamps for a floor tents that let the water through for shelter and the cholera killing them by hundreds and the moors lying in ambush for them or treacherously following them and those eternal nights that swallow up the days there is no strength nor courage that could, that could bear up against so many ills and that is not the worst said john joseph with the thoughtless frankness of the peasant bringing his foot heavily down on the floor and raising his eyes to heaven what there are worse things yet said maria anxious and surprised 
why what else is there john joseph what else speak out hunger answered her husband in a funereal voice holy mary cried the poor mother in terror what is that you say ma'am and the provisions then provisions they cannot get there they must be sent by sea from spain and although they took plenty with them when they get used up more must be sent and with these storms to which there is neither stop nor stay not even the birds could cross the strait those are the chances of war maria and if it has pleased god to send his storms precisely in these days it must be to put our courage and our constancy to the proof maria so that we may go to him and ask his help and so that the victory being more dearly bought may be the more brilliant and the more prized or the sufferings and the death of our soldiers are more deeply felt and bitterly lamented returned his wife merciful god tempestuous weather an epidemic fierce and treacherous enemies around them and hunger who would not lose heart with all this the spanish soldier maria and will the generals and the great people come back neither the one nor the other maria and if any of them should be obliged to come back because they are sick or wounded it will be in grief and rage and only because they can't help themselves i know them maria i know them what are they all going to perish then don't imagine it for god and the holy virgin will bring them safely through hold that for an article of faith let us ask them to do it then groaned the unhappy mother mother of the forsaken where are my sons what has become of them are they alive if they are what will they not be suffering and what will they not suffer in the future if thou dost not protect them how their hearts will be filled with anguish and their minds with despair holy mother if i only had news of them even let us pray to the virgin to intercede for them the family began to recite the rosary with the fervour that changes anguish to hope and sorrow to resignation and scarcely had they ended when a little boy called out from the door uncle john joseph my father says there is a letter in the post-office for you and that it is from the christian's camp over yonder john joseph with the activity of twenty years hurried out of the house while maria and her daughter falling on their knees before an image of the virgin raised their clasped hands in prayer john joseph soon returned bringing with him one of his cronies who knew how to read and proceeded to read aloud the letter which the former had carried in his trembling hand my dear parents i hope that when you receive this you will be enjoying as good health as i desire for myself michael and i are well and at your service the cholera is raging again but we laugh at it every day of action is a day of pleasure and enjoyment for us for it is happiness enough for us to win glory for our country and to see the enthusiasm of everybody for this increases every day as well among us of the ranks as among the officers and generals and which shows most it would be hard to say the mess has been a little scanty in these last days because the sea was fiercer than the moors themselves and the boats were unable to reach us with the supplies but what matter the worst of it was that we had no tobacco and so it happened that the commander-in-chief who came among us encouraging us like a greatly respected but very careful father came up to me and said well my boy are you very hungry and i answered him the hunger is nothing general if i only had a cigarette and what do you think he did he went to his tent 
and brought from it an enormous box of cigars that the queen had presented to him for the campaign and saying that her majesty would be glad that they should serve to lighten the labours of her faithful servants he distributed them among us we have received provisions thanks to the navy that on this occasion did not seem the sister but the mother of the army and as for that brave general bustillo a hundred lives if we had them wouldn't be enough to pay him for all he has done for us hurrah for the navy father notwithstanding that your worship doesn't like the sea you must know father that a prince of the royal house of france has arrived here although tall and of handsome presence he is but a boy only seventeen if your worship had seen him you would have said that he was only a stripling and not fit for such hard service but you would have changed your mind if you had seen how he attacked the moors on my faith i had always believed that from santiago down only the spaniards attacked the moors in that way we believe here that what he wanted to do was to perform another exploit like the one related by michael's mother of hernando del pulgar in her native granada and to fasten the ave maria on the tent of don manuel habas and that he would have done it too if he hadn't been held back and mind you father it is a very noble thing and one worthy of admiration to come without anything obliging him to do it to this war which is no child's play just for the sake of proving himself brave true it is that to have that name is worth more than all the gold in the world and lifts one a foot above the ground we have made more than half a dozen charges with the bayonet father like the one in which your worship took part these charges are not as one might say greatly to the taste of the moors who when they hear the call to the charge to which we have given the name general prim's polka tremble and turn pale and fall back note it may properly be related here that this same division with its leader general prim reconnoitring at a few leagues distance from tetuan came upon a poor old moorish woman sick and abandoned by her people and that putting her on a stretcher they carried her on their shoulders to tetuan with all the gentleness of sisters of charity note of the author End note. michael gives me many remembrances for you and bids me tell catherine that he does not forget her and he bids me tell you father that you were right when you said that his saint would not neglect the weather vane that has always pointed for spain for we have never once been defeated and mind you that the moors are valiant men and that they fight with desperate courage with this i say good-bye asking your blessing for your son gaspar mother i never enter action without commending myself to the virgin as you told me to do it will be easy to understand the delight of the parents on reading this cheering and animated letter which was read many times over for as soon as it was known in the village that a letter had arrived from africa the house was besieged with people eager to hear the news of the most national and popular war which spain has had since the independence chapter seven several days passed and the loving mother's heart was once more a prey to anxiety john joseph she said to her husband we have heard nothing and that means that they can't take tetuan hold your tongue you foolish woman answered her husband wherever the sun enters the spaniards can enter and don't you know that zamora wasn't taken in an hour and that the artillery can't cross over swamps and that a causeway has to be built 
women who know nothing about war think that to take a fortress in an enemy's country is as easy as to toss a pancake but on the fifth of february a muleteer who came from zerez brought the news to bornos which had been transmitted to zerex by telegraph that a hard-fought battle had taken place the preceding day before tetuan in which as in all the previous ones the spaniards had come off victorious having made themselves masters of five encampments of the enemy although at the cost of many lives his patriotic ardour added to a feeling of deep anxiety made it impossible for john joseph to remain in the village and he set out for xerez there he learned that the wounded of that memorable day were to be taken to seville and as a train of materials for the railroad was just leaving for that city he begged to be taken on board the seventh of february dawned a day memorable for ever in the annals of spain day had scarcely broken when the sonorous and soul-stirring bells of the cathedral of seville diffusing authorizing and solemnizing joy announced to the sleeping people the great and auspicious event of the taking of tetuan it would be impossible to give an idea of the impression caused by those sounds for who can describe the apogee of the most unanimous ardent and national enthusiasm but let a few facts speak for themselves the priests who repaired to the churches to say mass recited it solemnly in chorus and afterwards chanted the te deum that august hymn of thanks to the lord the venerable generals guajardo and hernandez military authorities of the district and both veterans in whose laurels there is not a leaf that time can wither when they met fell into each other's arms unable to utter a word the sight of this noble spectacle drawing tears from the eyes of the officers who were present when the alcalde presented himself before the archbishop to ask his consent to take in procession the image of the immaculate virgin the patroness of spain and the standard and sword of st ferdinand the venerable prince of the church burst into tears causing the alcalde to shed tears also seeing which a man of the people rushed to the latter saying senor alcalde let me embrace your worship the people called for their venerable pastor and the latter showing himself on the balcony blessed his flock who cheered him enthusiastically the various sodalities of women entered their magnificent chapel in procession giving thanks aloud to the virgin musicians paraded the streets followed by a multitude intoxicated with joy who cheered the queen spain the army and the generals who had led it to victory and who stopped before the houses where the commanders and officers wounded in this glorious war were lodged to cheer them also in the public square a vendor of oranges abandoned his stall and his merchandise leaving behind him a notice which said the owner of this stall has turned crazy with joy and here he leaves this trash others broke the jars of a water seller the value of which they gave him promptly saying what is this water to-day nothing but wine is to be drunk in seville further on another group shouted no one sleeps to-night whoever sleeps to-night is an englishman flags on the towers hangings on the houses the pleasing noise of joy everywhere a telegraphic dispatch shouted the blind men beside themselves with joy announcing the entrance of our valiant troops into the great city of tetuan and the utter annihilation of the moors long live spain long live the queen long live the army long live the moors what is that you are saying man long live the moors yes so that we may kill them again 
such is the enthusiasm of the spanish people when it is unanimous legitimate and genuine they go to their churches take out in procession the immaculate virgin cheer their queen their prelates their authorities their country applaud their army which gives them power and greatness its commander and the generals who lead it and those who bring back from the war glorious wounds and not even for its most ferocious enemies does it find the odious death and that you brave soldiers who remain in africa who have bestowed so great a joy upon your country should be unable to witness the gratitude with which it repays you perhaps the universal and frantic enthusiasm inspired by the taking of a moorish city however heroic the exploit which had put it in the power of the spaniards may seem disproportioned to the occasion but this is not the case for in the first place the people with their admirable instinct know that the result is in everything what gives it its value they feel besides that it is not only a moorish city and the advantages its capture may bring which its army has gained for spain but also that from the moorish fire the spanish phoenix has arisen directing its flight to a glorious future and in the second place because in these public demonstrations in this ardent expansion the country gives expression to three months of admiration of interest and of sympathy this was owed to the army for its constancy for its unequalled valour for its boundless humanity this debt the country owed and it paid it in love in admiration and enthusiasm on the eighth the same rejoicings were continued processions salvos and so much firing of guns everywhere that it was said as much powder was expended in it as in the taking of tetuan on the ninth one of the principal streets of the city was named the street of tetuan the ceremony taking place at eight o'clock in the evening when the municipal council went in procession to the street carrying the queen's likeness in the meantime maria had had no news of john joseph exaggerated reports of the losses by which the victory had been gained were spread maria was unable to control her anxiety and she set out as many other mothers of the peasantry did for the capital where the wounded who might perhaps be able to give her some news of her sons were to be brought mother and daughter reached seville on the evening of the ninth and after resting for a few moments at an inn went out to inquire where the wounded who had been recently brought to the city had been taken a vast crowd of people and enthusiastic cheering announced to them the approach of the procession they stood on a bench in a porch to watch it as it passed five mounted pioneers and a numerous band headed the procession the municipal guard followed on foot then came four men carrying flags followed by a number of men bearing torches and then the soldiers who had been wounded in africa wearing laurel wreaths and carrying ensigns with the names in silver letters of the principal victories gained by the army after these came the municipal council headed by the civil governor and two councillors carrying the likeness of the queen and the procession was closed by a detachment of infantry with another band of music at its head here come the wounded soldiers cried the crowd and the cheering became more enthusiastic and tears ran down the cheeks of the women as they stopped to look admiringly at the wounded heroes and then joined the procession look at that one look at that poor fellow he isn't able to walk alone they are supporting him said someone close beside maria pointing to a young man who with his arm in a sling his pale forehead crowned with laurel and carrying in his hand 
an ensign bearing on it the word tetuan walked with a modest expression on his thin but pleasing face leaning on the arm of a robust old man whose proud and enraptured expression seemed to say to every one this brave man is my son maria whose heart had for many days past been agitated alternately by fear hope enthusiasm and anguish uttered a cry drawn from her by all these mingled feelings as she recognized in the emaciated and glory-covered wounded soldier her son and fell into catherine's arms chapter eight a few months later a happy wedding the wedding of catherine and michael was celebrated in bornos gaspar whose health was entirely re-established but who had lost his right arm was present but if he had lost an arm he had in return received a gold medal a cross with a pension attached to it and an annuity the last as having been disabled in the war in africa the cross for bravery and the medal for humane and gallant conduct every day is a day of thanksgiving there is not a happier father in the world than i exclaimed john joseph gaily my only grief is to see you crippled my boy but that can't be helped you have paid your debt to the country like an honest man gaspar and the country father answered gaspar pointing proudly to his cross and medal has acquitted herself fully of hers to me you are right my son and so sirs a toast long live the queen and long live all the generous and patriotic spaniards who like her majesty and the royal family have aided in taking care of the wounded and disabled soldiers of the african war end of chapter eight end of stories by foreign authors spanish authors